You're listening to the Sensuality Project Podcast, where the messiness of real life gets sexy, hosted by Stacey Herrera. This podcast is intended for mature audiences only. Episodes contain profane language and topics of a sexual nature that may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Welcome to another episode of the Sensuality Project Podcast. I am your host, Stacey Herrera. Thank you so much for joining me. I am really excited about today's episode. I am chatting with my wonderful sister friend, Caitlin Grace. And you might remember Caitlin from a prior episode early in the podcast, and we had a blast that day. But this episode, this episode is is epic. We actually spend the entire episode talking about death and the experience of dying and and the experience of grief. And as heavy as that sound sounds, it, it was light. We laughed a lot. And just to give you some context about the conversation, Caitlin's mother had actually transitioned the day before this recording. So it was very real in real time. And she was actually in the midst, and she still is, in the midst of her experience. And she was gracious enough to allow me to be really nosy and uh, it was beautiful. It's a really expansive episode. If you have ever experienced experienced death, which if you've lived long enough, you I'm sure have. And sometimes you know how challenging navigating that space can be. But Caitlin's a beautiful example of how to how to be active in the in the process of grieving and also while allowing and feeling everything. It's just she's she's a beautiful soul and she's having a beautiful, expansive experience. And I'm really honored to have had this conversation with her. Um, So so that's really juicy. And so you're going to love this episode. But before we dive in, I want to I want to mention a couple of things. First, I want to invite you to sign up for a beautifully expansive summit that I am uh, honored to be a part of. It's called the Womb Centered Healing Temple Opening Summit, and it's hosted by Sama Morningstar. You can actually sign up for the summit, which begins on October 31st. You can sign up at wombcenteredhealing.com. I'm also going to make sure to put that link in the show notes page. Additionally, the doors to my new delicious program have just opened, and the program is called Twa Food, Sex, and Intimacy. I cannot even begin to tell you how excited I am about this program. I I have a feeling it's my signature program. Oh, look, I'm, I'm daring to say that. I'm really, really excited about it. It is going to be a very expansive and delicious experience. You know, sometimes it can feel like living our best life is just one more thing to do, but Twa is going to help you to make that experience easier. It's all about getting in touch with your cravings, your wants, your desires, the things you thirst for. It's about tapping into the wellspring of your sexual energy and also cultivating the kind of intimacy that transforms your entire life. So I'm really excited about that. If you are interested in signing up, you can visit StacyHerrera.com forward slash TWA, and that's T-R-O-I-S. So it's StacyHerrera.com forward slash T-R-O-I-S. So that's all I've got for now. I'm going to be quiet so that you can enjoy this expansive conversation between Caitlin Grace and I. Okay, so look, I first I want to talk like how's your heart? Tell me, tell me. Um, I I'd love to know 
and tell me if this is too forward. It, you can say, um, Stacey, go fuck yourself. Um. <laughs> as if I would ever say that, sweetheart. As if I would ever say that. But, but I, I'd like to know, do you feel, now that your mom has transitioned, do you feel, do you physically or energetically feel different? Okay, so that's a big question to start off with, Good. Missy. Look, you know how I am. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just dive right in. Um, I have a box of tissues handy. Okay, good. So, so my mum was diagnosed with a brain tumour in April of this year. And I've been estranged from my family for the past nine years. I have no physical contact with them at all. But I still have an auntie, my mum's sister, who I contact with. And she told me that what was going on with mum. And the funny thing, the funny thing is, not funny haha, but funny peculiar, mm-hmm. is for weeks beforehand, I had had a pain in my head at the back of my head, and it kept on saying, brain cancer, brain cancer, tumour, tumour, tumour. And I just ignored it. And I thought, because I'd get up in the morning and it would go, and I thought, what the hell's that all about? As soon as I found out that my mum had the brain tumour, that pain went away. Mm. And it was like, okay, that's interesting. And then this last week, my mum just passed away on Sunday. Um, this last week, I have had pain in my, in my left breast and in my back. Mm. and a little bit of heart pain. I found out that my mum passed away. That went away. I've got a little bit of that there today. My heart has physically felt heavy, and it has physically felt like I've had a weight on my chest. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, that kind of lifted. You might have seen at the beginning of the interview, I took some uh, some drops. I've been taking a motherwort tincture that I made um, a year ago. I've been taking that uh, every day. I've been taking a an Australian bush flower essences uh, for called transition. I've been doing I've been doing the fucking work ever since I found out Mum was you know not going to survive this cancer. I have been doing the work. I've been uh, clearing stuff at home. I have been letting go. I have been journaling the fuck out of everything. Doing the physical work as well. I've been fasting and exercising and moving my body and being out in nature. I've also been doing Yoni egg work, which you wouldn't kind of think would work, would tie in with. It would though, because it's uh, in the root. It's in the root. And it's, it's also the connection with my mother. You know, Mm -hmm. I was, she carried me in her womb. I was in her womb when she was in my grandmother's womb. So there's that connection. I've been clearing all those, those lines. Um, I've been doing something that I'm calling womb Reiki. And, uh, and that's been incredibly, incredibly powerful. So today I'm feeling surprisingly good. Mm. Yesterday I was a mess, but I've been feeling surprisingly good. The beautiful thing with working in an online space is the networks that we create and the sisterhood that we create. There are so many women who are holding me in their thoughts and I can feel that loving energy. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Sisterhood will save you from everything. I if agree. You, if you've got a sisterhood of women, you are one lucky person. You just mm-hmm. are. So, um, yeah, I, I really feel held and cherished at the moment. And that has been an amazing gift to receive out of all of this. Look, I know you're telling the truth because uh, I feel soul pimples. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep, absolutely. And it's, um, you know, it just, I thought that I would be more broken, but I, you know, I also know that, like I said, 
So nine years ago, when I was kicked out of the family, I fell apart. I completely fell apart. I was on antidepressants for 18 months. I could barely get out of bed. There were days when I literally didn't get out of bed. There were days when I rang my husband and said, you have to come home. I need you now. And I just needed him, his physical presence. And he would, bless him, he would come home. And I, as soon as I heard about my mum, it's like, that's not going to happen to me this time. I'm so much stronger now. And I have been doing the work over and over and over. And I didn't have the tools back then that I do now. And it's only nine years ago, but I feel so grown up now. Mm -hmm. I feel so grown up. Even though I was 40-something, 45 then, and you think, oh, that's a grown up, but I'm 56 now, gone through so much shit in that time that I actually... I'm actually starting to feel like a grown-up. I'm having my moments. They're adulting and shit. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I am totally adulting the fuck out of my life at the moment. Yeah, it's been it's been awesome. Well, I'm so I'm so thank you for letting me um, be nosy because you know I am. Yeah, but but thank you, thank you for being so transparent about your experience because I and and the reason I ask is because I have I still have both of my parents and so it. You know, like I often think because I've had like a I've had a few people close to me like lose their moms this year. Yeah. And and it always like my my initial thought is like, do you do you just is there an energetic feeling of being untethered in a in a kind of like, you know, just kind of unmoored, you know, kind of way because the 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 vessel that you came in doesn't exist here. You know what I mean? Yep. yep. I think for me that happened nine years ago. Mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. was when so I had a conversation with my mother and I intuitively knew when I hung up the phone that I would never speak to her again. Wow. And that was, you know, I had said everything I needed to say to her at that time and I got this massive lump in my throat when it because I said to her I guess there's nothing left to say then mum and I really didn't want to hang up the phone because like I said I intuitively knew that I'd never speak to her again and I and I hoped that that wasn't true at the same time but that was right I never did I never did speak to her again so I think that unmooring that untethered feeling when you're not part of the family of birth when you have been physically removed and they don't want to have anything more to do with you for whatever reason that is a real gut punch Mm -hmm. these are the people who are supposed to love you unconditionally always be there for you you know home is home is wherever your parents are Mm -hmm. it's that that space where you go to be nurtured and loved and when they say no we don't we don't want you anymore that's a big uh, shift. And the thing is, there, it happens to so many people. And yet, it's something that we kind of don't talk about. And mm-hmm. we see all the, the Mother's Day cards and the Father's Day cards and, uh, you know, the, the deep abiding love that parents have, that that's the, the narrative that this culture has. But it's not always the case. It's mm-hmm. not the reality for a lot of people. Um, so it's, I'm grieve. I grieved really deeply then for the loss of all of that uh, long before my mother's physical body left the planet. And I think that's why right now it's easier than I'm expecting it to be. Absolutely. 
Yeah. At first, I want to celebrate you for giving yourself permission to love from a distance and not trying to force yourself into the narrative of you have to keep trying. There are so many people that abuse themselves trying to fit into families that they of their origin that no longer fit. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I could have I could have gone back to my family at any time as long as I bowed my head. So it's very timely that this has all happened. My, I grew up in a family where there was domestic violence and I finally told my parents that that's how I had seen the family, that there was domestic violence and they could not handle that. So I could have gone back to the family at any time as long as I denied my reality that there was domestic violence in the family. As long as I towed the party line and, beca- and went back to being who they wanted me to be, I was acceptable. If I wasn't prepared to do that... And I wasn't because I'm more about being my authentic self. Mm-hmm. So my my name is not Caitlin. I was born Kathleen and then I became Casey. And then I, uh, after I left my first husband, I changed my name and became Caitlin. My parents were happy with me being called Casey, but they balked at me changing my name officially to Caitlin. So again, it was if I, if I wanted to be welcomed back into the family, I had to go back to being Kathleen. That's all they refer, will refer to me as is Kathleen. And again, you, you look like a Caitlin, though. Sorry, <laughs> I, I feel like a Caitlin. Uh, you know, Kathleen just doesn't resonate for me at all. And I have been more uh, myself since changing my name first to Casey and then to Caitlin. I've been those names longer than I've ever been Kate, uh, Kathleen. Mm-hmm. It just it, that's completely alien to me. So yeah, if you want to fit yourself, your gorgeous sparkly body back into some fucking boring baby box with their name, you know, that they've put your name on mm-hmm. and who they think you should be, you're doing yourself and the world a huge disservice, mm-hmm. you know. And I would have been doing my kids a huge disservice that you have to be, you have to be this kind of person in order for these people to accept you. It's like, no, you go go off, be your fabulous self and I'll love you anyway. That's, that's the story that I want them to take from that. It's, I, you know, I said that to my kids when they were growing up, especially when they were teenagers and a nightmare, <laughs> as most <laughs> teenagers are. I would say to them all the time, I will always love you. I might not like the behavior that you're, you're portraying, but I will always love you. You will always be acceptable to me. You can tell me anything. I might not like what you're doing, but I love who you are. That's the message that parents need to give their kids is that, um, you know, you don't have to try and be a mini me in order to be acceptable. Do you think that people struggle so much with that because they don't accept themselves? So how could they possibly accept someone else? Yes, 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 yes. It's like if you if you don't love yourself, you know, being a self-love coach, if you don't love yourself, you cannot then give all of your love to somebody else. You can give the parts of, of the love that you have to somebody else, but you can't give yourself wholeheartedly because you're not giving yourself wholeheartedly to yourself. And the more you stand up and be authentic and, and decide, this is who I am. This is what I want to be in the world. And we've all got choices. Infinite, actually. <laughs> 
Absolutely. And yet we try so hard to please other people so that they will love you. But it's like, just fucking stop and love yourself. Mm-hmm. And and the people pleasing will fall away because you're filling yourself up and doing what you need to do to feel loved and cherished. It's you can only give what you've got inside. There's that beautiful quote from Wayne Dyer about when you squeeze an orange you get orange juice. And I'm just paraphrasing here, but if you squeeze a human being, if you put a human being under pressure, like a death or a marriage or a divorce, what comes out of them at that time is what's really inside them. Yeah. So if they're angry and bitter, you're just going to get angry, anger and bitterness. Mm -hmm. If they're full of love, then you will just get love. Mm -hmm. Whatever's inside them will come out. And what's come out of my family is pain, anger, bitterness, hatred, really. So they can keep that. I don't want it. I have, it has no purpose in my life. This, this is such a timely conversation because I've done a lot of work around my mother issues. But lately, um, I just have like some father stuff has bubbled up for me. And, yep. and, I, and I won't get into it. Um, well, we can talk about it off the air. But the reason I won't get into it is because I haven't processed it fully yet. Yep. But, but I know based on where I am and who I am, that there is some some truth telling that's coming, and I don't know. <laughs> there's some, yeah. there's some shit that's coming, and not because like I am not like I'm not mad, but I feel like I feel like we have been for too long. My entire family has been silent about certain things, and that's done a disservice to all of us. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we had all talked about it when we were growing up. We had all talked about it as we were kids and, and living through all the stuff. And you know, and it's it wasn't an overt domestic violence, but we all lived, we were all terrified of my father and he ruled with an iron hand and it would just, he just needed to look at you and you knew you were in a world of trouble. So we all talked about it and then we said, well, we're never going to talk to them about it because they're old. And I remember saying to one of my sisters at one stage, yeah, but they're never going to get any younger. And we, <laughs> yes. and we were young when this was happen, happening. We didn't deserve it when we were young. So it's, it's, we kind of like, oh no, we, we have to make allowances for them. They're old. Well, they got that way by still being alive by not dying, but we didn't, you know, now they're adults. We're fucking adults too. Can't we have an adult conversation? Doesn't have to be uh, everything blowing apart. It can just be two adults talking, one saying, this is how I felt when I was growing up and the other going, yeah, I'm sorry. I did the best that I could, but you know, obviously that wasn't quite what you needed. I'm sorry. There you go. Hug, everything done. But the trouble is if you want to deny somebody else's feelings, if you want to deny how they perceived, and it is it's a perception, I know that everybody has their own perception. If you want to deny somebody else's reality and keep your story of, no, this was a happy, loving home, then there's going to be fireworks. There's going to be people going, well, that's not really how it was, and you're delusional, and blah, you know, vomiting shit everywhere. Um, but it doesn't have to be that way. It can be so simple. It just can be sorry. Mm-hmm. And And I keep saying to my kids, you know, if I've ever done anything that upset you when you were a kid that you were holding on to now, please tell me. We can be adults together and and sort through that. I would rather that you tell me than try and stuff that down and, and not deal with it. 
you know, because yeah. um, face it, you know, we're all doing the best that we possibly can with mm-hmm. what we had at the time. I was very young when I had my kids. I was 20 when my first child was born and in a relationship with a guy that I met when I was 17. That's ridiculously young. Mm-hmm. Felt very grown up at the time, but it was ridiculously young. So I was growing up with my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you're bound to make mistakes. You're bound to fuck up. That's just the nature of being alive, but we can all make amends. We all have the right to make amends. Yeah, I think that, and this is what I've experienced with uh, people inside of my family and just people, is that so often people, like, they are not who they think they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because, I mean, I hear people all the time that you you hear the things that they say and yep. you're like, no, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yep. You know, like, because people, you know, especially when you, when, when someone, I, I get really leery when someone begins a sentence with, you know, I'm the type of person, I already know it's some bullshit that's coming. <laughs> yep. Yep. Note to self, never say that to Stacey. <laughs> because, you know, usually you don't have to make declarations about who you really are. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, you know, because I'm like, no, no, that's you trying to convince you about who you think you are. Yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, there's, it's, it's like a red flag. It's almost like when someone says, you know, to be honest, well, have you not been being honest? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what have you been doing up till now? Exactly. Well, yeah. you know, I'm going to tell you the truth. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Is it a different version of the truth that you were telling me before? Absolutely. But people, Mm. you know, that that's, I think, been one of the most challenging things is I've seen that, you know, it's different when you when you deal with that in a business setting. But when it's personal and, you know, especially when you've known the person for a long ass time and they start telling you things and recalling events and you're like, "Uh, mm, that's not what happened. Yeah. And then I used to think people were lying. And then the more I listen, I'm like, oh, no, you really believe that because you're not who you think you are. Yes. Yes. See, this is this is the thing with my sister who who caused all this drama with my family. She's told my parents that she came to make amends with me three times. And it's like, in what reality is she living? Because she's only ever been to my house once. But I know that that's what she firmly believes. Mm-hmm. And she will have told that story so many times yep. that it's truth to her. Even though there is no grain of truth in it, it's, it's truth to her. And, and everybody else just buys the story hook, line and sinker without really digging any deeper or, or checking out you know, the facts, the actual facts or somebody else's point of view or anything. If you just are believing one person's story about any event, you're only seeing a very small slither of what actually happened. Absolutely especially if there's more than one person involved and there's always more than one person involved. Everybody's got a a different version of events, Mm -hmm. you know? That's why the eyewitnesses are not always credible because they, you know, we all filter stuff. We filter stuff so much through our own um, filters, through our own view of life. That changes everything, you know? That changes everything. You need to check your filters every now and then. You know, we clean the fucking filters on our on our dryer 
Mm-hmm. We need mm-hmm. to clean our own bloody filters. You know, what are you actually looking through? How are you looking at the world? Is that really what's there? Or is it just your your perception viewed through all these layers of shit that you've been living through? Absolutely. No, that is, that's a fact. That's a yeah. fact. Well, you know, in the brain, you know, the system is geniusly designed, but the parts that still need evolving are enormous. Yeah. You know, you know, like I was just having a conversation with someone and he was telling me a story about like his brother. He just found out his brother was on drugs and he told me this whole backstory about why his brother turned out the way he was and blah, 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 blah. Now, this is a brother that they did not grow up in the same house. Like they have different mothers. So he's yep. like, Bill, my brother, this is what this is the reason he's like this and blah, 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 blah. And I listened to him and I said, OK, you made all of that shit up. Yeah. And yep. he was like, he got really like I could see his brow furled and I could see him getting upset. And I said, you made all of that up. And I was like, I'm not saying that you're different and that you're lying. What I'm saying is, is when the brain does not have enough data, it makes shit up. Yep. Everyone's brain, my brain does it too. I have to constantly say, is that true? Like sometimes I'm like, "Uh, no, it's not. Like, <laughs> this is what I've been doing a lot of because I've been getting only, you know, tiny little bits of information and secondhand information in this whole situation with my mum. I have quite often said, this is just a story I'm telling myself right yep. now. Yep. This is what I think is happening, but that's just a story I'm telling yep. myself right now. And that changes everything. Doesn't it? It frees up so <sighs> much stress because you don't yes. even realize how you stressing yourself out making up stories. We're great. Exactly. Yeah, we all exactly. do it. That's exactly what happens. Is is the brain fills in the gaps? If there, if if A does not immediately connect to B, if it goes A C, your brain yep. will add B in there. Whatever yep. B is. Yep. And it and sounds it'll... good and it sounds convincing, but it's a, just a story. And then it'll probably come up with B one, B two, B three, B four, B five. You know. <laughs> yep. Just to see if you can make all the pieces fit together without cutting any bits off, you know, Absolutely. we'll just wash all this together. Yeah. It's, it's, um, that is, and it's you that taught me that. Did this I? Is just a, yeah. <laughs> this is just a story I'm telling myself. Honestly, if we could all start saying that before we open our mouth, well, once we open our mouths and start saying something, just go, this is a story I'm telling myself. Yep. Then launch into it. Then the other person can go, oh, okay. That's not necessarily how it's happening. Right. That's how she's perceiving it, you know. Then our filters start getting clearer, you know. It starts... It's so much easier on your <sighs> on your body. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So much easier. Like, we pummel ourselves with the stories. And yeah. I mean, again, I am so good at it. Like, I usually will lead it, especially when I'm talking to my real friends. I'll be like, okay, let me just tell you that I'm probably making this up. Yeah. <laughs> like, just so that we clear, this is what yeah. I am. This is the story that's running in my head right now. And, yeah. and, and we have to be surrounded by people that will blow holes in that story. Yeah. That won't let you like, no, like, no, that you made that up. Yep. You, you really don't know. So stop acting like you do. You do not. Like it it really liberates you because especially when it's something that has to do with another person that you are not speaking to. You can make up a really elaborate story about what they're doing, what they meant, how they feel about you, what they say behind your back. No, no, you do not know. You are just making up a story. Yep. Yep. And you can go on long tangent when you're not in contact with the person. 
Yeah. And this is where, you know, because I've been getting bits and snippets from my cousin, from my auntie, um, from another cousin, um, from a niece, and very little from the actual family, I have been going making up stories and then it's like actually Caitlin let's just come back to the to the reality and have compassion for these people mm-hmm. they are going through a really traumatic time they have really they have really limited emotional intelligence yep. or self-awareness they are doing the best that they can mm-hmm. and what they know is to spew forth anger and pain Mm -hmm. and you are an easy target so just send back love and don't get attached to the story Mm -hmm. and don't get attached to what they're doing or saying it's just they don't know any better they Mm -hmm. can't cope they are they are struggling to cope right now and doing that has been incredibly therapeutic and an incredibly connecting with the other members the extended family it's taken them from you know wanting to blow the whole shit up (laughs) to just going, okay, yeah, you're right. We'll just come back to equilibrium and and feeling out, you know, feeling love rather than expanding into, because it would be so easy. It would be so easy to be stirring this whole shit up. And it's the same when we see these stories on the news and we can all take sides and we can all expand the anger, Mm -hmm. but we need to all come back to, to love because love is the only thing that will see us through. Hate and anger is not going to do anything more than add more hate and anger into the world. And frankly, I don't think we need more of that. Um, well, I, I think this is the problem with the media, though, is good, goodness and love don't sell as many tickets. And so, you know, so it's easy to look at what you see, whether it's on the television or if it's on social media, it's very easy to look at those stories and think there's all, there's way more hate and anger, but that's not true. Yep. There would be no planet if that was true because, because those, those are very hot emotions and there's a reason that heat expands and cold contracts. Yep. You know, there's a there's a reason. But but there's also the the same is true light expands. The difference yep. is is that in order for you to see light, it has to hit something. You know, yep. it's like when that's the reason when they show pictures from images from space. It's like we know how bright the sun is. It will cook your skin right off your face. Yep. We know how bright it is. Why is it that when they show images from space, it's so dark out there? Because light has to hit something. Yeah. So, yeah. so you know what I'm saying? So like, we have to get better at, at not buying the stories that we see, not even just the stories we make up, but the stories that we see, <laughs> right? Cause you got a whole bunch of stories going on. You got, yep. cause I got my story. And then yep. when I look at the news, they got their story. And yep. it, you know what I'm saying? Like we have to get better at, at filtering, not our, just our own stories, but the stories that we see and what we're consuming. And then what we talk, we talk about what we're consuming. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's that, uh, it is that, like I said at the beginning of this, I, I talked about how I, um, I started clearing out and letting go of stuff in my house. And one of the things that I let go of quite a long time ago was watching the news. Mm-hmm. I am very selective about what the energy that I let into my space. Yes. 
So uh, the, the TV shows that I watch, the mu- media that I consume on the internet, the, uh, the stories that I read on Facebook and social media, the people that I let into my house, I've yep. curated that very carefully because I want only positive energy coming in. And while there is some, you know, that's not living in uh, a goody two-shoes land or burying my head in the sand and, and realizing that shit's Mm-hmm. you know not realizing that shit's happening out there it's it's creating a space of love and you know this is a sanctuary that you can come in and escape from all of that and still doing proactive things to change mm-hmm. the planet out there but just being very careful and aware of this planet this world that i live in um because it's so it's hard enough with the stories that we have going on right. in our own head, yep. the bullshit that we're telling ourselves to keep on top of that and to keep yourself in a space of love and acceptance without all that other shit coming in on and piling on on top of it. Absolutely. Um, we have to be, we have to be selective. Yeah, um, when you got to start in your own house to begin with, there is a reason. Like you have to build a foundation. And if you are, especially if you're somebody that's easily swayed, you, that means your foundation is raggedy. You know yeah. what I mean? If you're easily swayed, your foundation is raggedy. There's a reason. No, no architect starts with the roof. You yeah. cannot build a house from the top down. Like, <laughs> yep. you yep. know what I mean? And your house and your circle, and like it ripples out. You have to build the foundation for yourself. And that means being selective. I just had a conversation with one of my clients last week and she was there. She was having, there's some friends that she and her husband both have. And she was having challenges because she is right now feeling like she wants to pause the friendship, but her husband is still friends with them, which is fine. But she was feeling some guilt about, you know, about feeling like she wanted to kind of take a step back. And I said, she's, you know, she didn't want to feel like, like she, she didn't want them to think they were, she was feeling like she was better. Yep. And I said, but you are Mm. (laughs) like, you are, you are not, not better than them, but you are better. Yep. You know what I mean? You're better. And because of that, the same way, like you, if you want to monitor, if you know gluten fucks up your system, then guess what you're not eating? Gluten. Yeah. Exactly. So why, why then, if you know somebody is toxic for your system, why are you going to try to mainline them just so people are like you? Fuck yeah. that. You're better, so you don't you don't eat gluten, and you not you know you're not free basing toxic relationships. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's and and it's it does come down to, and this is what I've I've really seen for myself this year. It's like Caitlin, it's time to up your self love game. You know, it's really, really amp up the self-love game. And, you know, I've been doing meditation and, you know, all the the swirly, lovely, pretty things. I'm really good at all that stuff. I've been journaling, but it was time to look at all aspects of my life. What is, what is, you know, what else am I consuming? Like I said, the TV programs, the books I read, the music that I listen to, the meditations that I listen to, everything that that I'm consuming. Then look at all the food that I'm consuming. I'd already cut out a lot of processed food I, I make everything myself from scratch but it's like how can I up the the level of nourishment and nurturing in the food I'm taking mm-hmm. okay now I've actually got to this one's really hard for me uh, now I've actually got to move my body <laughs> well you know what um I I've been having a similar struggle with the body movement and yeah I know it but like I could feel the stagnant energy yeah 
especially yep. in certain places that I'm like, this right here is not cute. Like, yep. <laughs> this does not feel good. <laughs> like, yep. I've been feeling a lot of that. But you know what? I've really, because I'm not in the space where I, I'm not about to try to train for a marathon. I'm not that girl. And my knee, no. I'm not on board with that anyway. But, no. um, but dancing is my jam. You know, like okay. I, can, I can just like put on something and especially like I've been really having a lot because I told you I've been really recognizing. So whereas I used to have a lot of stiffness and stuff would show up on my left side. My right yep. side is like, girl, you going to therapy. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's yep. been a lot of tension. And I, and I find even in my posture, I have to keep reminding myself. Because I'll feel myself tightening my shoulders and feeling that tightness go all the way down my entire spine. So I'm constantly, you know, thankfully I'm really present in my body, even if I'm not moving it. So that I'm constantly readjusting and recognizing like, okay, you shrinking again. Yep. Like he's drinking again. So, mm-hmm. but, but just find one thing that you, that you really like, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, um, I'm not a fan of sweating. <laughs> Me either. Especially oh. right now. So I've got a treadmill and I've got a weight bench at home because I know I will find any excuse not to go to the gym. So I've got to have it here in my house. And yes, if I could, my husband's like, well, just go for a walk outside. It's like, no, because if it's windy or, you know, slightly cold or a bit overcast, I'll go, no, I'll do it later. But if it's right there in the room, I have to go in there. So now I just get up in the morning. I put my workout gear on and I just get to it. Work out on the the treadmill. I've now got a, you know, my phone. I played Spotify on my phone, listen to Mm -hmm. that on the headphones. I've got some sounds that I like and, you know, I'm kind of dancing on the treadmill as I'm going. That's been really good. It's been so good for my body. I've actually lost some weight. Not that that was the goal. I'm just feeling better, Mm -hmm. all round better. Like yesterday, so that was the day after I found out my mother had passed away. I I decided, right, I'm not going to eat anything. I'm not going to put my emotions to sleep with food. I wanted to eat my body weight in chocolate or carbs or, you know, ice cream or anything. I wanted anything in my body. It's like, no, Caitlin, we're just going to sit with this. Mm -hmm. We're just going to sit. And I drank nettle tea and celery juice. I had one glass of celery juice and that was it. It's like, we're just going to let this emotion be because that's the instant thing that we do is I got to get something in there to shut these feelings down. But I Um, do want to point out that the things that you did choose to consume because what you, you know, grief is, is inflammation, you know, and, and I don't know if you did that consciously or not, but the thing, both of the things you consumed were (laughs) anti-inflammatory. Yeah, it was it was all very conscious. It was Good. all very very conscious. And um, I don't know if you've been following the medical medium. Anthony. I love the medical medium. I preach. Oh. I look everybody I know. You need to get the book. Like I'm like listen to the podcast. I yeah. love the medical medium. Oh, that guy is so amazing. I cannot wait for his liver. Yes, uh, I already put it on hold at the library. Like I wanted to uh. be first. <laughs> Oh, bugger waiting for it at the library. I've bought the book. I've got the whole series of them. So um, I've been really wanting to do the 28-day cleanse um, that he talks about. And 
we're growing heaps of um, vegetables so that we we got you know the food to do it ourselves, and it's all aligned with our own energy. And I said to my husband, we were planning on doing it on the first of January, and I said to him, no, with this happening right now, with Mum passing, I want to do it now. So yeah. we're going to go away for the weekend. We're going to spend some time with my kids. When we come back, we're starting on the twenty-eight day cleanse for spiritual reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, just to to clean all of this stuff energetically out of my system. I can't wait. I really can't wait to do that. I think it's going to be amazing. I can just feel a huge energetic shift in me. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, It's been an amazing trip. It really has. Um, well, and isn't it so nice though, even when you, you, you had mentioned earlier, like sisterhood, it's so nice when you are around, even if you've only got one or two, you know, yeah. people that are that are woke enough to instead of when you when they know you're going through something when the when one of the question they ask you is is what are you doing for self care <laughs> like you know what I mean as opposed yep. to like you want to go to happy hour but like yep. what what's your self care practice look like what like what are you doing to take care of you like that yep. is so important yes it is so important because sometimes especially when you're going through it you might everybody is not like you so there's somebody who going through it right now listening. And their thought is not about like, what can they do to take care of themselves? And nobody asked them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and that really needs to be the first question that we do. The first question we generally ask is, what do you need? How can I help you? Because we mm-hmm. want to come from that space of, of helping. But at the same time, we need to go, what, what, how are you looking? Like you said, how are you looking after yourself? My husband, one of the first things, if I'm having a rough time, he'll come home from work and he'll say, have you eaten anything today? You know, that's his first thing. Have you eaten anything today? Have you talked to any of your friends? Mm-hmm. That's his next thing. You know, he knows that I need to do those things yes. to nurture my body. He's just, he kind of just checks in that way, which is a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Um, and it's and it's holding space for people to process the stuff in the way that they need to. Mm-hmm. Um, and not expecting them to to do it the same way that you would, right? You know, right. because it looks it looks different for every person. Yeah. Um. And and grief is a process. It's not you know it, grief will come in waves. Something mm-hmm. you'll hear a song or you'll smell something or you'll see somebody, and it will just it's like a tsunami. It just kind of whacks you up um, upside the head and and knocks you off course. And you have to be aware of that. You have to be present for that and allow it to come and not, you know, it might come a year, two years, three years, four years down the track. It's still going to come in waves. Mm -hmm. The waves get smaller, but they still come. And you're allowed to take as long as it takes. Yes. And I think that, you know, is, is, and again, I have not, I've lost like my grandfather uh, four years ago, but I've never like, I haven't lost my parents yet. Um, But my grandmother, when my grandfather died, she was, she said that I helped her so much by telling her that it was okay to not be okay. Yeah. You know, because she said that, you know, when you, when people call you because they don't really know what to do, like her instinct is to try to pretend she's okay. Yeah. And I was like, no, it's, it's okay to, it's okay to not be okay. And you can not be okay for however long you need to not be okay. Yeah. You know, absolutely. there's yep. no time frame for grief. For some people, grief washes over in five minutes and that, yep. that's rare, but that could happen, you yep. know, but uh, you know, like it's, it's rare, but it could happen. It, it could happen. <laughs> it, it could happen. 
but yep. you know, but then there are some people that that it might take them years, and that's all yep. right. And because even grief is not usually, and and it could happen, but usually it's not every single moment. No, no, it's definitely um, because we lost Rob's mum. My husband's um, mother passed away quite a few years, of oh, five years ago, and then a month later, my brother passed away. He had cancer. Um, I was just checking out the details of that the other day and he's the same he was the same age as I am now Mm. when he passed away and I remember at the time just being absolutely distraught because he hadn't even got to do the things that he wanted to do or live the kind of life that he'd wanted to live because he was trying to fit into that fucking little beige box that we were talking about uh he had always wanted to be a florist Mm. And when he was diagnosed with cancer, he took up floristry classes. And it's like, how fucking sad is that, that it took that to finally be able to follow your passion? Um, And that's, you know, it's it's just such such a sad thing. You you can have such a wasted life trying to live somebody else's version of your life, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, we'd been through a bit of grief before and – and I, it, this is what the hard thing was with seeing my mum passing away, was seeing how Rob's mum had passed away and all the love and support and the coming together of the family. And then seeing the situation with my mum and it was kind of more the pushing away and mm. and pulling her into themselves and not letting anybody else have anything to do with her. It was kind of chalk and cheese and that was hard that was hard to watch. Rob's mum passing away was such a beautiful spiritual kind of uplifting process for me anyway. I was very close with her because she had become like my Mm mum because I was so distant from my own mother. And she was incredibly forgiving of me for anything that I went through or did. So I did feel unconditionally loved by her, which was beautiful. And that was that was an um, uh, an incredibly powerful time for me to to see her transitioning and there was I got to hold her hand one particular time and she was going in and out of consciousness and she uh, held onto my hand and then opened her eyes with this beautiful crystal clear clarity she was right there in that moment with her f- whole presence and she just turned to me and she said I knew it was you such a beautiful energy and then she closed her eyes again the process of was, dying can be so beautiful. Oh, so beautiful. It was so, it was even to the point of, I was standing there, she was in hospice, um, and I looked down to my side at one stage and I was could have sworn there was this big fluffy dog there. Mm-hmm. And then I looked again and the dog was gone. I said to Rob, did you guys used to have a dog? And he goes, oh yeah, mum had a, a German shepherd, Astra. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, she was here in the room. And that gave him so much comfort Mm -hmm. that his mum's dog had come to visit her. Mm -hmm. Just little things like that, you know, it's death can be a beautiful, beautiful process if we allow it to be, you know, and it's again, the things that I've learned because Rob's dad is now 90 and uh, they have a, a routine of, he's got five kids, Rob's dad's got five kids. And so they all have a night of the week that they Skype him. Mm-hmm. And have a chat because they're all all over the place. And um, and Rob's night is Thursday night. And his dad was talking to him one night, and he had remembered an incident when when Rob was younger, where he had got pissed off with Rob and pushed him, and it had tormented him for years. And so he was just about in tears, and he was asking Rob's forgiveness. 
and again, it, that was, you know, like I was I was over here and Rob was up way over in the lounge and I just about ran over to him and, and body slammed him and said, say, say it's okay, tell him you love him. And because um, Rob was kind of like, oh, no, Dad, it's all right, it's all cool. Um, I don't even remember that. And I said, no, he needs to hear you say, mm-hmm. I forgive you, Dad, I love you. And he's, Rob's kind of finally got it and and said that and you could hear the relief in his dad and that's the thing it's it's again that difference with Rob's family and my family is that you can ask for forgiveness you can we need to to feel the space of going I fucked up Mm -hmm. I'm sorry please forgive me so simple so simple and yet incredibly powerful for yourself and for the other person and if we could all just do that with one person that we feel that we have wronged in our lives that would be amazing we would change it would change everything you know I, I, but I think that the I think that it's really important that you are having that you've had both experiences because you yeah. could not have grown if you had only had if you had only had a, a Rob's family experience you wouldn't have grown and if you had only yeah. had your own you know what I mean like like yeah. we we do need to we we have to experience contrast yeah we, we have to have resistance and it's fucked up I'm not saying it don't I'm not saying it feels <laughs> like don't misunderstand. It feels no, no, shitty. no. It feels shitty, yeah. but like we need, we need to have, we need in order for us to really evolve. Just like, well, you garden, you know that you have to diversify the soil because if you don't, you yep. will not get nourished plants and fruit. You yep. know, you can't keep planting the same thing in the same spot. You got to change it up. Yeah, because the soil. Ha- that's why composting is a thing. Like you have to diversify the soil in order to grow something really healthy. And it, mm-hmm. it's the same is true for humans. In order yep. for you to grow a healthy human, <laughs> the soil has to be diversified. And yep. some of the some of the soil has to look rotten. It has yep. to have things to die in it. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that has been the thing with, um, with Rob because he's had that, that loving supportive family, not that they haven't had issues, but he doesn't understand some of the shit that I've been going through. No, he's never had Um, to build that kind of muscle. No. And he's building that muscle now and supporting me through it. It's, Mm -hmm. um, and it's interesting because he's noticing the anger that's coming up in him Mm -hmm. with that because they're hurting me, you know? Um, and he's getting really, uh, defensive and wants to fix things because that's such a male thing to do he wants to fix it and it's like sweetheart there is no fixing this Mm -hmm. it just is we just have to accept it and and he's allowing that process to happen for him as well it's it is a a gift it's not a gift I would wish on anyone oh no because not all gifts feel good (laughs) not all gifts no it's like that um, saying that goes around uh Someone gave once gave me a box of darkness. It took me mm-hmm. a long time to realize that was a gift too. Yep, it's it's, um, it's true. I mean, yeah. even water, even when water it is in its most serene state, you could be immersed in a pool that has no, you know, it's not, it's the right temperature, mm-hmm. and you know, you could stand up in it, so you're not going to get swallowed. There are no waves, and it yep. will still provide resistance. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's, it's a, it's a very necessary element. You know, we're so, I understand it. Cause I would love to just have a good old time too. Like <laughs> I would love for shit to just go right. And yes. for all of my desires to just magically appear. And for me to have harmonious connections with everyone I meet, you know, good sex, yeah. good food, perfect body, all that shit. That would be lovely. 
but that would be boring as fuck. <laughs> yeah. You know, perfection is so overrated. It's kind of, it's stagnant. Yes. You know, where do you go? And I think that's, you know, I think that is what is ha- happens sometimes with like movie stars or mm-hmm. or people who have reached the pinnacle of their career and they've made a bisquillion in dollars and they're kind of like, well, what else is there left to achieve or aspire to or you know and that's why they fuck up their marriages or start doing drugs or they gotta um, they need to provide their own they gotta make their own resistance yeah yeah they've got to come up with something we're always you know the nature of life is expansion and growth yeah and we're always looking for the next best thing if you've got all the next best things what else is there yep you know Look, so, if you wait long enough, it will come. Don't worry. You don't even have to fuck it up for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. You do not need, the universe does not need your assistance. Nope. It will nope. definitely provide some fodder for your growth. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I mean, but the is opposite so true. is true either. It's also true. You know, when you are, you know, like, I feel like I've been, I've been, I had a long, dark season. Like, it's been like nine years. And that, in the big scheme of things, like I just turned 45 the other day, like that's not a long time. It feels like a hell of a long time. I feel like, damn, this has been going on for most of my life. That's not the truth, right? But even that, this, like what's coming next is going to be so fucking good because the resistance has been so fucking great. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the more challenging, the more, the bigger the payoff. Yes. The bigger the payoff. So, you know, our our instinct is to 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 rush out of discomfort as fast as we can. But yep. you, you cheat yourself. Not, not only do you cheat yourself about the experience, but you also make yourself uncomfortable longer. Yep, yep. Yeah, the key is getting comfortable with your discomfort. Yep. There is going to always be discomfort, mm-hmm. and you know, comfort zones. Oh, you know, nothing really grows in a comfort zone. Nothing. It's comfortable, but it's stagnant. And we need that, you know, we need the ship to grow. We absolutely, it's all fertilizer. It's all yep. fertilizer. I'm so grateful for you. I just, uh, you know, there are not many people that you meet in any space, whether it's offline or online, like there are not many people where you instantly connect and where no matter how much time goes by, you can pick up right where you left off. And it seemed like it was just yesterday. Like that doesn't happen with like chemistry, real chemistry. I mean, and I mean romantic and otherwise. It really isn't common. No, no. It's not. No. Like you can you can meet people and and like them and get along, but like real chemistry is not very <laughs> common. Like real chemistry. Real, real, real chemistry. Real chemistry. It's, yeah. it's not very common. Like not in not in friendships, not in any kind of relationship. It's really not that common. You you'll find plenty of people that you like, that you get along with, that you might even enjoy their company. But real chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sweetheart. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's I am not just... that common. But like I from the from our very first conversation, yeah. like it just felt like like I've known you forever. Yeah. Absolutely. Always felt like, and it doesn't matter how much time goes by. Like we always have such a great time. We always talk about real great shit. Like (laughs) we do all the deep stuff, you know, none of that fluffy light stuff. Um, And we're able to laugh through it though. You know what I mean? Like even, I mean, we we just, we just spent a whole hour talking about death. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we did. And I didn't cry once. I'm so proud of me. 
Well, you know, I would have cried with you. Even yeah, you know, I, know I, that. I love crying. I would have cried with you. But I mean, even for us, I mean, I don't know if the audience is really going to grasp this. Like yeah. we just spent an hour talking about death and your mother died and we laughing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that is really profound. And it's such, uh, it also displays how when you, when you do the work, cause, cause I could have really been insulting you asking you that, you know what I mean? Like, but yeah. when you, when you really do the work and you really do the work on healing your dark parts and not like the dark parts stop coming, they keep coming. But yeah. when you really do the work, then you're able to expand into this space where you're able to move in and out of emotion without getting stuck. Yes. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. We are so afraid of feeling our fucking feelings. Yes. But if we just were still and let them come, Absolutely. you would see they don't last that long. Feelings Absolutely. move through, you know, and, and it's the resistance to feeling that causes all our problems. Absolutely. And, it's, and uh, it's, it's so easy. We learn it because we watch the people around us do that. Yes. And that's why this is such an important discussion is we have to stop making death scary. Thank you. And you know, we've had a lot of conversations about death. It usually isn't about someone dying. Like we've talked about death books. You know what yep. I mean? Like we've, we've had a lot of conversations about death, but I, I feel the same as you. We have to stop acting like death is not, first of all, it's not voluntary. If you're here, guess what? You're dying. Right. <laughs> Like you can Maybe skip not a, today. Right. You can skip a lot of things. But that one, yep. If if you're yep. here, you you gotta experience it. So I think that it's kind of, it's we have to normalize the conversation around death. Yeah. We stop we have to stop making it this really ominous thing that we have to be able to talk about it freely. So there's one more thing that I want to ask you before you go. Yes. Since uh look, look, I'm going back to death because we since we talked <laughs> about it. <laughs> now now that your mom has transitioned. Do you intend to have a spiritual relationship with her? Oh, I already have. Yeah, knowing that that other shit, it was her physical shit. Yep. So again, I go go back to when I first found out that that mum had um, brain tumours. So I practice Reiki. And with Reiki, you're not supposed to send Reiki to anyone who's not open to receiving it. Or it will just bounce back to you and it will cause all sorts of nasty ramifications. And it's like, fuck that shit. I'm going to send it to her soul. I'm just going to be connecting to her soul. So I I was doing that every single day. And I've got, like I said, I've got the Australian bushflower essence transition. And I was energetically sending that to her every single day um, and saying, it's okay, mum, you know, it's okay to leave. It's okay to, to let this body go. You don't have to fight. You don't have to struggle, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I've been, I've been doing that work since I found out that she was, um, was dying. Since she's been gone, I was sitting outside the other day. My mum used to love looking at the clouds mm-hmm. and saying, seeing all the different shapes. And yesterday morning, I was sitting out there and there was this huge cloud in the shape of a heart. Of course. Look, that gave me soul pimples. Of course. And it was like, yeah, hi, mum. Thanks for that. So I'm, I'm already talking to her on a soul level. I can already feel her love coming to me now. That's a conversation that's never going to end. Like I said, I've already been doing the the womb Reiki where I'm connecting back to her lifetime forward. So I, I kind of do it back to my mum, forward to my to my granddaughters, because I don't have any daughters um, that I gave birth to, uh, sideways to my sisters, sideways to my sisters that are not from my blood. 
like mm-hmm. yourself. So it's it's going all directions, forward and back, side to side, up and down, mm-hmm. and you're sending, a, you know, you see the red threads all that way, and you're sending Reiki through all those different energies. It's beautiful. It's just beautiful, and you can feel the healing, and you can feel the um, the weight lifting, and mm-hmm. um, and so much. Just you, you can just feel so much with that. It's um, really powerful, really healing, and um, and I can feel that connection with my mum um, and her mum. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, and I, I think that it's it's so important because we the way that we've learned death is so final, mm. you know, and and it's, and the way that we've learned to relate is also very um, very physical. Mm. And and there's not always the awareness that the relationship continues. It just looks different. It looks really different. <laughs> it looks really different, you yeah. know, but, but the relationship continues and it gets to be a different relationship. So you you don't have the same relationship with her that you had when she was in this life. No. Because, because that was part of her human experience, not her That's soul right. experience. That's right. And it's, you know, and connecting, this is the the beautiful thing is connecting with, um, on a soul level. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter whether I'm in New Zealand or you, you're in America or I'm alive and my mother's dead. Right. The energy can transforms, transmutes, trans sends all of that. Absolutely. Energy um, is not bound by these no, laws. No, no. No, no, no. So, yeah, I mean, going back to Rob's mum after she passed, uh, so my Rob's mum passed, my brother passed, and then I had another friend pass at the same that end of that same year. And um, and my oh, when my birthday came up the following year, at three o'clock in the morning, I hear like a knock on the wall behind my bed. And it's like, it woke me up. And I'm, I quite often get random weird sounds in the middle of the night that I know are just in my head and not mm-hmm. anywhere else. And so that knock woke me up and I thought, who's knocking at the door? And then I realized, oh no, it's not actually, it's not actually on the door. It's, you know, in my head. And it wasn't until I woke up in the morning that I realized, oh, that was them saying happy birthday. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was my birthday, um, birthday present from one of them. I, I assumed it was from Rob's mum. I kind of felt more like it was Rob's mum, but uh, you know. I don't know, but one of them said, happy birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, they will communicate with you with the shapes of the clouds. I've already had another message from mum <clears throat> this morning. I was scrolling through my newsfeed on Facebook and it was um, a cup that had uh, a message from a mother to a daughter. Mm-hmm. It, said, dear, it stopped me because it said, dear daughter. And I normally don't read those things, but this one I read and it was, and it said, love mum at the bottom. It was like, yep, I know mm-hmm. that's, that's from her. Um, so yeah, it's just, you'll see little, little signs that communication's always a two way street. I talked to her, you know, I talk to her. I know she'll talk to me and send me messages because the love never goes. Love at never all. dies. At all. You know. Well, well thank you for growing up. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so Thank gra- you. I'm so grateful for you for doing the work for for modeling behavior for for changing and and healing your transgenerational wounds 
for creating a different dynamic between yourself and your children so that they can have a different experience with their children. Like the the link is is broken. Like the chain is broken. Yeah. Like like thank you for showing up and and I know that it's and I can't even relate. Um, you know, yeah. like I, I can't even relate what it would feel like to to be di- literally divorced from your family. But I will say that for people that because there are a lot of motherless children and it doesn't mean that their mothers died. Yeah. You know, and Absolutely. they're and they're fatherless um, children, because, again, not that their father necessarily died. But when you're open, the universe will send you new, other mothers. Oh, absolutely. I will send you other fathers, you know, and um, like I have a, I have a friend and and like you, he's he's his he's still involved with his mom, but it's kind of it's always been a tense relationship. And he's like, I've had so many mothers. Yeah. Like I've I've been open and I've had so many mothers. So it's it's if 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 people don't take anything from this conversation and that there was a lot to take from it. But mm. but if the struggle is that you've you know, you you can't seem to heal or let go of of whatever wrong or discord between you and the, and your family of origin or your birth parents um just know that there are so many you can you can there are other mothers and now is will it be different yes you know but there are they the universe there's an infinite supply of whatever you need oh so much so so much like i said rob's mum loved me um she became my mother uh, my other friend that died that same year, Heather, she was another mother for me. You know, I've had other mothers. I haven't had, it's interesting, I haven't really felt a need for a father. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got a but, great husband. But I got a great husband. I got a great husband. I've had so many sister friends uh, come forward. It's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful. I feel incredibly blessed through the whole process. Yes. And, yeah. Well, you are so well loved. Well, even more than that, you are so good at receiving love. Can we speak about that? Like, you are good at receiving love. Like you're having this experience because you are able to receive it. Well, my good friend Stacy in, <laughs> in America told me a while ago that I needed to get good at receiving. Did I say that? Yeah, you did. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, you did. You're very profound. You should listen to you more. <laughs> Apparently. I'm like, damn, she deep. Like, <laughs> Yeah. You said that I needed to get good at receiving. And um, so I've been working on that. I've been well, working on that. I, I don't think you're working on it anymore. I think you're doing it. Yeah. Thank you're you. You're doing a really great job. Like this, if anything would have been, if anything would have been a test of how well you are at receiving is this. Yeah. Like, Definitely. Yeah, like you look look at you rocking receiving and adulting. <laughs> you doing all of the things. Damn, self-care and self-love and oh look, moving and drinking yeah. the tea like like celery juice. Like I wanna be you when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as you've got something to aim for. You know, let you me just... tell you, like the the aspirations, I, I can't even imagine. I, th- I was just having this conversation with someone else um, yesterday, I think, that I was like, I can't even imagine being dreamless. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine like not doing, you know, and mm. it's not that I'm good at doing nothing. Just I'm mm. not I'm not one of those people. I don't need to fill up my time. But I'm saying like to not have to not want something yeah. is a very foreign concept to me. Mm. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, because I mean, that, that's the nature of life, isn't it? Mm-hmm. is um, striving and aiming for something more. Yes. Um, so we always have to have something to aim for. Yeah. Um, 
where we're going next, whatever that might be. And um, to do that at, and be here at the same time, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think you know, going back to death, I think that it's even having aiming to have a good death. Yep. Is it, you know that's that um, if you've ever read the Tibetan book of living and dying, that is one of the Buddhist concepts is having a good death. Yeah, um, I done planned out my whole situation. Like I'm like this. I already know what I would like it to be like in an ideal setting. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, some people plan their weddings. I didn't plan how I'd like to die. Like, yep. I, I have a very um, ideal concept of what I would like the experience to be like, and and I don't think that because I'm not afraid of it at all. Yeah. Like I'm not afraid of it, not even a little bit. I, mm. I'm 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 curious, maybe too curious. Not curious enough to try to go tomorrow, but yep. um, but I'm really I'm curious about it. But I think that I think that one of the major ingredients for having a good death is living a good life. Absolutely, absolutely. That yeah, if that, you really want to die well, you better start today. Living well, yeah, because you're because you're in the process of dying right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep. So start making the most of it. You know, absolutely. This no, is no, what no. my ninety-year-old uh, father-in-law says to me every time he sees me: "Are you happy? Are you having a good life?" And I go, "Yes, I am." And he says, "Good, keep that up." Well, That's I that that gave me soul pimples, and and I'll I'll leave you with this: I think that you're you're in a you're in the running for a really great death. Excellent. <laughs> You've made my day. I really think that you're going to enjoy the process. I think that it's going to be everything that you desire it to be because you're you're living the life that you desire to live. Yeah. Even Thank against you. adversity, you know what I mean? Like this could have, we wouldn't have been talking if you had been somebody else. We would not be friends. Like, <laughs> True story. True story. <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't have even, I mean, not even just that we wouldn't have jailed, but but we wouldn't have even been traveling in the same circle to even have met. No, I know. I mean, how we met um, and how we've stayed connected has been a story it's, in itself. Absolutely. I mean, but we both do the work. Like, we literally would never have even been on each other's radar if you, had, if you hadn't been committed. Look, and, and same for me. Like, if we had chosen... To, to follow whatever, you know, like we all have birth stories that may not gel with who we are as individuals now. But yeah. if we had made other decisions, if we had decided to stay stuck, you yeah. know, if we had decided to keep making up the stories, if yeah. we had decided that we were victims of our circumstance instead of being, instead of that stuff being compost, we would be living a very different life. Yeah. And I would not want to kick it with you. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> But you do. So here we are. Exactly. Exactly. I'm so grateful. I enjoy you so much. I always feel so fully nourished after we talk. Beautiful. I love that. I will receive that gratefully and I send it back to you with love. Yes. I receive. I receive. I receive. The Sensuality Project is produced, edited, and hosted by me. Music by bensound.com. The Sensuality Project podcast is a production of stacyherrera.com.